but it's all day. The Talk, my credo podcast. Turn this up. Episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. I'm your boy Dante here with my fam in the building. KT, what's going on, girl? Ain't nothing, ain't nothing. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing. So we was talking a little bit off cam about what we've done over the weekend, and you were able to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to sleep, uh, and I haven't been able to. Thankfully, I'm off tomorrow, so I'm definitely going to be catching up on my sleep tomorrow. But there's a nice list of um, honey-do things. You know, I have a nice <laughs> honey-do list that I got to take care of. I got to mow the... Well, that's not necessarily a honey-do list, but I, I got to mow my lawn, and there's just a few projects around the house I got to do. Sink, the toilet, and all that type of stuff. Just, uh... Anyway, um, <laughs> how are you? Like, what's, what's going on? Man, I'm good. Ain't that's good. nothing really going on. Ain't no drama at least so that's always good that's always good that's yeah. always good and you know i'm here with my little concoction over here uh-huh yes would you like to tell us what that concoction is you know because yeah you are feeling really good i see you with the little jig over there <laughs> 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 i'm just being silly mm-hmm. but um oh okay um that is that's that good stuff that's how you know it's that good stuff (laughs) taylor port and teta mana oh like the the rocks the The rocks Rocks tequila Tequila. yes oh i need a sponsorship rock yeah Uh uh-huh hook us up i haven't i haven't tried it yet so so it's pretty good yeah yeah Yeah. actually because i look i staved off uh, tequila for quite some time for like uh, years okay years okay. because okay. The last time i chose to indulge with tequila <laughs> what happened i indulged a little too much oh okay and i swore off tequila after that i had seven uh, double shots uh, double shots of tequila of tequila and and oh no that was oh not, no that was not not a good idea <laughs> at all. Not a good idea. Oh man. Oh I man. I woke up with the worst hangover of my life. That was my first hangover, actually. Okay. Um, and I was like, ah, never again. Never again. Of course I was I understand. That cheap tequila too. Oh, yep. See, that's what it was. That's mm-hmm. what it was. But I'm saying that as if I'm like some alcohol connoisseur. I'm such a lightweight and I'm still extremely green when it comes to uh alcohol um it's just like i've gotten drunk 
just one time. And thankfully, it was in the sanctity of my home. Uh, and I was the source of entertainment for my wife that time. But I just remember getting drunk. And I apparently I'm a talker. But what would you, you know, who would have thought that, you know, me talking a lot. Um, but uh <laughs> talk a lot when you're sober dang you, you know what you know what shut up shut up i don't need that right now <laughs> i don't need that <laughs> so but um yeah i'll be hearing him going off on his tangents on here and i'd be like um <laughs> yeah i mean that that's why i'm trying to expand so you know i can actually lob these things up for people so i don't have to do all that but you, you know, know what it's okay you not you're not as bad as Nas. now Nas, who had just popped in here and then popped back out yeah Nas got you beat with the tangents like, with the tangents <laughs> he got you beat he got me i'd beat. be like Nas, dude <laughs> like let somebody else talk nigga come on <laughs> <laughs> that's it Nas is in the building Nas what's going on man happy memorial day if that's what we're doing yeah mm-hmm. yeah no 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 no. he just said my name now yeah I know I, no yeah I know no no I asked him what time will we be Doing this, I never got a reply from this guy. Yeah, you are you are you, you sure? You wouldn't believe him. You would not believe him. You wouldn't believe him. You wouldn't believe this is the same guy. Yes, yes, th- this is the guy that I did the vlog for. Yes, I know. Look, good guy, just not appreciative. Not at all. Bad community. Oh, oh not, not not appreciative. <laughs> I know. Oh. I know. I know. I know. I know what's going on. I know it's all right. No, no, it's all right. So you know. Someone wins a couple battles and they think they somebody. I get it. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's all good. It's all good. And then he has the nerve to start the show. Don't be doing without me. Yeah. No. No. Listen. But this is why I have Don't you. You're supposed to be my agent. You're supposed to be my agent. You're supposed to. Isn't that on a new time? Seven p.m. I think so. And then I, I, I ask think... in the chat with all of... us I in it. Seven p.m. Right? And you did and no, answer. But I and think I, his agent may be Don Lemon's agent. No, you know, you know how that worked out for Don. <laughs> this is how I know. This is how I know they're terrible because I had to DM, I had to direct message Dante because someone's other phone is off is offline, and I told him that. But see, he never listens. To oh me. yeah, that is right. See that is saying? right. All right. This is why. Yeah. Listen. Well, I'm it. sorry, Kevin Gates. I, I keep you forgetting that you have two phones. I forgot that you have Hi, hey, what's going on? This is the Talk My Credo podcast. Hello, everyone. Time supposed to be. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? I hear people that I'm not talking to. Hey, what's going on, Dante? Hi, hey, what's up, everyone? What's up? Listen, oh, it's a great place to be here. Oh, man. Oh, you know, whew. oh, man. Ah, New York, New Jersey, and KT. Hey, he what's going on, everyone? That, shit that I was oh. talking before he came. Oh, no. oh you said something? Sorry, right. I did. Oh. Hey, KT. Hey, hi. Hey, sweetheart. Hey, hi. Your hi. hair is beautiful, sweetheart. Oh my God, look at you. You look like RuPaul. I love it. All right, what are we doing today? Um. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna. Come what back are we doing you. today? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What are no, we doing? Just let you know. Right. Be prepared. No. Yeah. No. That's gonna yes. come back on you. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, listen, listen. I, I got a lot. 
I got a lot of us. Uh, I got a lot of content where you try to come at me first, young lady. And let me tell you something. There's only if it's going to be anybody that's going to be doing the coming. Let's continue, though. But anyway, listen. Well, I want to start off as we're talking. Just, but just a little bit you going to be coming on yourself? Because, you know. Probably. Oh. It's possible. <laughs> I'm alone. All right. And just like that, we have been derailed. So, all right. So, let's get, <laughs> <laughs> let's get back. Sorry, YouTube. I think so I the, messed us up for so, this episode. So, the, 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 this it's all good. It's all good. We, we, we were due for one of this, uh, one of these. Uh, we are back with the, uh, you know, we're back home, back doing the, you know, business as usual. And we just want to thank you all for uh, for those who gave me your feedback on, on the specials, the, the New Jersey slash New York specials that we did. Shout out to LJ, shout out to Wavy uh, for for coming through, pulling uh, double duty for me, having a good time. We had a good time. Um, but we back at it again. Just a quick recap, you know, of the trip. Had a great time. Put in a lot of work. Um, yeah, and I, I did, you know, win a battle quite handily. But it's all good. Nonetheless, still had a great time. Just wish we had a little bit more time, you know. But it's all good. We have more opportunities to get that done. Um, and I'm really serious. I, I would like for us to kind of set some sort of, you know, time or date for, you know, at least a weekend. We all, you know, just come together and do this live because it's really fun. I promise you it's really fun. And uh and yeah. So, I asked KT how her weekend. Nas, how was your weekend, man? Wait, this weekend that we're in or the, or the last weekend where you, I had to accompany the person that doesn't want to communicate with me. Um I am talking about the current weekend, like Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, no, it's over it's, it, sir. Oh, this is how we talking? This is how we talking? You know what? <laughs> Listen, this is why I pull my pants up when I come see you. Anyway, listen. So, my weekend so Please far. Keep them up. <laughs> no, no, no. All jokes aside, I think this is gonna be a serious episode today. But um, <laughs> now my weekend been been a work for one. To be honest with you, I just did a couple of events, uh, did a couple of pop ups, did some film work there, does some uh. I wouldn't call it vlog work, but just doing doing some footage for Teddy Bear Jer's new EP that is out today. I know this uh this this episode of the Talk My Credo podcast may come out on a Tuesday or Wednesday. We usually do our recordings on a Monday, but he has a new EP that comes out today. Memorial Day is called Bear It All, a collection of love songs. This is his new version of him calling himself the king or the prince of Bob and B, uh, a more vulnerable side of himself, a more I would say melodic. Not necessarily rap, but a more melodic style. I think you're familiar with things like that, Dante. You have a few yep. songs on your uh, on your EPs and albums that you can check out on Dante Credo's uh, music page on YouTube and check out all his great music. And uh, yeah, so that's what he's doing. And I'm helping him with that, of course. I think it's a very strong uh, six songs. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I hope everybody wants to go check it out on Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, all that good stuff. And yeah, that's, you, know, you know me, bro. I'm always just... Shout out to Teddy Bear Jers, man. That is a working man. Like, he puts in work. And that's just one thing I, I really respect about him. He works. And, you know, because for... It's very easy. Because he... It's not even a year ago he put out a, a, a project. So it hasn't even been a year when he put out his uh, most recent project. And so he's right back at it again. I like that. I like that, especially in this, 
in this day and age, you kind of have to do that, honestly. Um, but I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, I still have to fulfill. I need you to interview him, bro. Interview him. Th- that's, that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. I still need to fulfill that and, and, and get him on. And I'm kind of opening up and, and getting people prepared to where we can bring them on for interviews. Thankfully, we, we are coming up with the software, so to speak, the user friendliness. Riverside has made a lot of updates and stuff. And, you know, things are becoming more accessible for people to use, but they don't necessarily have to have like a studio setting, like, you know, a, a good, a, you know, an expensive webcam and an expensive microphone, you know, home studio setup. Riverside has an app now for those who's listening uh, that we're going to start utilizing for guests and interviews um, where we're going to get you guys set up and, you know, a bit of training, if you will, of what to expect when using this app. And then we're going to bring you right on in. So um, definitely. And Jerz is definitely at the top of that list that we're going to get on here as soon as possible. Um, I, I want to test it out. So I probably will be a guinea pig and have you guys uh, accompany me for this experiment. But anyway, but anyway, we um, had a great time. My weekend was a really good weekend. Um, a couple of days ago, my son turned four. So we did, um, you know, birthday celebrations and all that great stuff that you would for a kid turning four years old. We went to the movies today and um, I took him to see the Super Mario Brothers movie and my wife and daughter went to see the Little Mermaid movie, which they said was a good movie. They said they liked it. Um, and I thought it was a really good thing that they liked it because I, I definitely want to run by a very interesting review by you guys and see if this makes any sense. So with all that being said, let's get right into this thing. Let's get right into this thing, because honestly, I have literally one hour from right now. The time is about 730. Uh, and I'm getting up out of here, y'all. I'm I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I'm getting up out of here, you know, because it's game seven. You know, M- Miami has me, you know, stressing out a little bit. I think a few more grays have grown in. Um, When the last time I just sat down and just did the podcast, we was up 3-0 on Boston. And then Boston came back and won three straight games with a crazy nail-biter of a game this past weekend. and. uh it's game seven is do or die and history will be made tonight. Um, Miami can be the second eighth seed to advance to the finals since the New York Knicks in like 98 or something like that. They can make that type of history or they can be the first team to ever be up three Oh on a team and lose that series. So, you know, History is going to be made. I'm praying that we, you know, achieve the former, that we be become the the second eighth seed to ever reach the NBA finals. And yeah, man. Yeah. It's it's in Boston too. I'm like, oh my God. Just yeah. I'm getting up out of here in less than an hour. That's all I'm saying, y'all. All right, so look. <laughs> so look. Um, speaking of which. I, I don't expect that you guys have seen The Little Mermaid. Have you seen it, any of you? Yay, no? Okay, I, I didn't think so. So, I don't think we really need to. 
we all know the story of Little Mermaid as far as adults. I'm sure you have seen it in some way, shape, form, or fashion throughout your life, whether you actually sat down and watched it or you maybe saw some clips or whatever the case may be. We all know the story. But, you know, our, our favorite comedian, Brian Davis, saw the movie and he had a very interesting review of how this movie went for him. And I want to share this with you guys and I want y'all to see if he's onto something or if he's doing the Ryan Davis comedy factor, but y'all check this out. Let's, let's see what he's talking about. So I went to see the new little mermaid movie yesterday and I left with an opinion. I didn't think I was going to have, uh, don't jump on me for this guys, but after watching it, I don't believe a black girl should have played it. I believe that a black girl playing the Little Mermaid makes the story even more unrealistic and black people are not going to be able to relate to that character. Uh, little black girls all over the world will not be able to relate to that character and no black person in history has been able to relate to that character. If you don't know, the story is about a girl who doesn't necessarily grasp on to her own cultures. like. Her sisters, her father, her community don't really understand her. And she's a, infatuated with a culture outside of her own to the point that she longs for it more than her own. And her father keeps telling her, like, no, you got to stay away from people of that culture because they're known to treat us poorly, to, like, like harm us and everything. They're dangerous. But she's like, nah, they're not all like that. I don't really... Rock with y'all. I want. I want to experience what they have. So, in order to conform with that other culture, she gave up everything that her culture gave her and left behind her friends, family, everything, even giving up her voice in order to conform. I don't know any black women like that. And then when she finally finds her voice, she gets extremely vocal. And she has the opportunity then, because through her love for that culture and a person of that culture, she has the opportunity to bring them together. But instead, she just gets really sad because she just can't be 100% part of another culture. And she starts to continuously talk bad about her culture and, and how they don't understand and how they don't get it and how they need to do better. And then she goes off and marries the guy of royalty and of another culture and doesn't really care to uh, relate to her people anymore. Once again, I've never seen anything like that in my life. So to all the people who were mad that a uh, black girl was playing uh, Ariel, I agree with you. I'm on your side. It made the story that much unrealistic. I mean, the fact that there were mermaids and a talking crab and uh, you know a talking fish that talk outside of the water and wasn't really dying at any point to be outside the water and uh, you know magic and a half person half octopus a witch who could uh, turn herself into a beautiful woman and walk on uh, the land and put spells on people you know all that stuff I can deal with, but a black girl relating to a story like that or any black person having a story like that? Nah. <laughs> okay. All right. So 
Can anyone see where this may be an accurate depiction of the Little Mermaid story or an inaccurate depiction of the Little Mermaid story? What's your reaction, KT? There's some different parallels there. (laughs) 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 Dang, I just... I get what he's saying, you know, and it's all in good fun or whatever. But, uh, I mean, my generation loved that movie, so I don't know. You know, it's it's about entertainment, not really about whether the story is realistic or not. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's about those subtle messages. Cause you know, these days everything has an agenda, you know, that that's, that's what I thought was mm-hmm. really funny. Okay. So for those who's listening and figuring out what, what we are, you know, kind of laughing and being amused about uh, Ryan Davis, he's a comedian. He posted a, a video on his Facebook. So as he's explaining the basis and synopsis of the little mermaid, he's showing pictures of, black women who this you know if thought and looked at from a different perspective where he's also talking about so he he was posting pictures of stacy dash and then also posting pictures of candace owens and now when you think about the story of the little mermaid with those women in mind stacy dash and candace owens you know it there runs a parallel there and you know it's a little funny um, and oh man, this thing has blown up and there are so many, like the comment section is such a joy to read because <laughs> it is a free for all in his comment section. And I was like, mission accomplished. But this is Ryan that he always does and creates this type of content. Um, and he's really good at it. He's really good at it. So just seeing this now, what's your initial reaction and takeaway from this? Is he on to something? <laughs> Yo, I'm... I want to be mediocre. That's what I want to be. All right. I want to be mediocre. I want, I want to figure out how to be mediocre. Like, did he edit this as well? I am assuming he did. That's my assumption. No, no. I mean, because if he really believes what he said, then like you just said, I'm going to assume mission accomplished. This is nothing more than a, a, a viral post, like as far as just getting people riled up. So mission accomplished on that. Um Wow. Wow. That, like, that, like for, for viral purposes, it was a good take. I don't like the take, but it was a good take. I mean, I, I'm surprised he didn't put uh, the, the new lady on the, uh, the post. The, um, what's the sister name that works at Fox News that, that, that was a fiancé to a white man? Ebony Williams? Ebony K. Williams, yep. Yeah, I mean, we could have put her there too. But at the same time, I don't really like that like that because... Again, if this was a merman, then black women have all types of men they could just put in here like, yo, well, definitely didn't like this one. Didn't like when this happened. Didn't like when this happened. Oh, y'all like Jason Tatum? Look at a picture of him next to his woman. You know what I mean? So it's a, I get it um, on that level. But you know what? If it was a white person that that played the role, a white woman that played the role, we would have just saw it from that point of view of just saying, hey, we just want to see um, this this young lady was willing to give up her family and, and her upbringing or her culture, however you want to use that term, to be a human being. So, again, 
like KT said in the beginning, if you like this movie, you were part of this movie generation, you understood what it is. But because, you know, the time that we live in, somebody can easily put that together and say, hey, listen, yo, they 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 black they whitewashing us, y'all. They doing it all over again. They don't want to see uh Haley Bailey and her sister date some black men. You see what DDG is? He's a D-list celebrity. Who wants that? We need something better. So yeah, I something mean something better. It's cool. They, they. I mean, yeah. Ryan caught it as usual. You know I mean, I, I give him that on a on a computer internet level. You know, he seems all right, but he's mediocre in my heart. He he did what he was supposed to do. But yeah, I, I just thought that was a very funny, uh, a very funny Ryan Davis esque take on the Little Mermaid as far as the parallels that were driven. Um, and just like I'm sorry, and every time uh, I see Candace Owens' husband, he just looks like a slippery just <laughs> that's funny so, <laughs> what about I, Eve's I, husband? have you seen Eve's husband uh KT what's your thoughts on Eve's I have. husband I mean his name's Max Serena Miller. Williams like oh, her yeah. husband ready like, <laughs> yeah. uh yeah these, these some white white men um see I don't I don't I don't know I I think I would have to have one with a little more culture, um, maybe been been around some more. I don't know. I I don't know. I just don't mind me. I ain't gonna go there. Which is true, but hey, he he could be out there. You you might have your Paul Wall out there somewhere. <laughs> you may be <laughs> look. Your Paul Wall is waiting for you out there. <laughs> Sitting sideways, waiting. No, for thank you. you. Uh, Sitting no, sideways. You. Drive slow, homie. <laughs> Drive slow. <laughs> All right, your John B. Your John B's out there somewhere. He's waiting for you. Don't don't listen to what people say. Word up. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. <laughs> I don't think I want to know. But anyway, <laughs> let's just go. Let's just move along. Well, you can have Robin Dick. Yeah, Robin. you can have Rob, Robin Thicke. Yeah, Robin Thicke is out there. You know? He's a shooter. You know, yes, he is. He's definitely a shooter. <laughs> Hell, I mean, it just depends if you want a sugar daddy. Robert De Niro, he's still on the market. He, he loves them chocolate women. Yeah, he do. He loves them chocolate women. Even uh, though his age is fitting there. Yes. <laughs> that will be the soundtrack he would cut on. <laughs> that would be. I got that new Smokey Robinson. Have you heard it? <laughs> it's that new Smokey. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I mean, here's another narrative to see if it fits fitting there. I don't have a clip, but you know, you don't kind of need it when it comes to Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Um, in her premiere of the 48th season of keeping up with the Kardashians, uh, she was talking about, you know, stuff that was going on between her and Kanye. And she said, um, his shenanigans will have a more negative and damaging effect on, on the kids way more than her sex tape ever will. And I just want to simply ask you guys, is that statement true or false? Now nah, what's up, man. The answer is true. She's right. She's right. She's right. Here, here, here's some facts for you. So 
This occurred somewhere in late 2003 or early 2004, depending on what publication you read about the sex tape of Kim Kardashian and uh, what's that? I said Ray Mysterio, uh, Ray J. <laughs> I know Ray either, Mysterio. <laughs> either, either way, they were uh, either way they were off the top rope, and she submitted. So it, it could be the same Absolutely. thing. Yep, Eric Arana. Yep, there you go. There you go. That, that's what happened. So Kim Kardashian actually put him in a hurricanrana. For those who don't know a hurricanrana, that's when you put both legs between yep. someone's neck. So it's perfect that Kim Kardashian did it and then swung him around, got him to the bottom, well, not the bottom, but maybe like the base of the bed and submission happened. Yep. But anyway, yep. submission. this was in Cabo in Mexico, right? But you got to think about it. Was Northwest and Southwest and East Bayou and all the other kids that uh, Kanye and Kim have, were they, were they there during 2003, 2004? No, they was not. They don't know really much anything. About, well, they know, but they don't really know anything about this technically. Like if you were if you were good parents that keep your kids away from the Internet, they would not know anything about this. Mom, how did you come to fame in the first place? Shut up. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know anything. And the only problem with my man Kanye, who is still the man, even though I did have a little nice little scathing piece on him because he was wearing these little leggings with this with this uh, Mighty Morphin yeah. Power Ranger sweatshirt that he wore. I don't know what that was about. And he was with a Kardashian, even though they saying that she wasn't a Kardashian. But she's a Kardashian. But anyway, here's the I, thing. I thought he was dating Pete Davidson again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Very good. Very good. Very good. All I know, Pete Davidson could definitely have a BBL surgery and just say, you know what? I'm out here now. So that, that's, that's Wait possible. Wait a minute. Yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He's the Green Ranger. You didn't know Kanye West is yes. playing the Green Ranger now. Right? Yes, he is. Yep. But he please, is. please go on the Disney app and watch the new Power Rangers, I think on Netflix or whatever the case may be. But Kanye is there making a guest appearance as the Grey Ranger. Check it out. But no, seriously, though, the problem with Kanye is that his antics are still happening. And now that we live in this new, even newer viral world, whatever Kanye does is going to get magnified times 10. With Kim Kardashian, she has modernized, in my opinion, I'm, I'm saying she did. She has modernized ratchetness. She has modernized, um, that, what's that word I want to use? Uh, objectifying, if you want to use that term. You know what I mean? So women being naked, women being like in Daisy Dukes for no reason why everyone is at, else is at work is not looked at as uh, us body shaming. Well, yeah, it is looked at it like that, but the point, you know, you get the point that I'm making. The yeah. point I'm making is that it doesn't look salacious anymore. It's a mind your business thing. If you don't like it, then don't apply to it. Don't say anything at all because anything that you say is now is like, oh, you're a problem. Oh, why did you say this stuff about Kim? She ain't doing anything. All she's doing is taking a picture, but we don't realize what those small things that she has said was okay has exploded into in today's world. But all in all, I think uh, I mean I'm in Kim. I'm on Kim's side on this one. So KT, whose side are you on here? I don't know nobody's side, but what she said was right. It was right. Yeah, she's right. I mean, you know, because uh, if you. Look, if anybody who knows me knows I can't stand the Kardashians, okay? I can't stand them. Well, I thought he was going to talk about the time that you had your sex tape in Cabo as well in 2003, but go ahead, continue. It was 2005 and in the Bahamas. Thank you. But anyway, uh, <laughs> get it right. Anyway, um, <laughs> listen, I just sell the things. I didn't, I wasn't there, okay? I, I'm there to make money. 
All right, I just did the footage. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. The late night vlog. The, the late night vlog with KT. <laughs> it's a different experience right here. This one, this episode gonna hit different. I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> as I was saying, I can't stand the Kardashians. And Kanye works my nerves too. Like, can't be doing too much. Way too much. So I know nobody's side when it comes to them too. But what the statement that Kim said is true. Because there's been too much that has happened after that, that the sex tape is like an afterthought now. Kanye is forever in somebody's news. Okay? Forever doing something crazy. Forever saying something crazy. And he just yeah, it's always going to get back to the kids at this point. So, yeah, she's right. You know, I was going to play devil's advocate and and say and, and be on Kanye's side, because you know, but listening to you two, you're right. I, I, I will have to change my stance because I was going to come from the aspect of, well, Let's consider how you became Kim Kardashian to begin with. You know, what you did, um, your mom, the role she played, basically selling you off like that. But honestly, that's through my perspective because I've been around, you know. From the kids' perspective, they don't know. They don't know. You know, of course, it may come up, hey, your mom did a, did a sex tape. But as far as the as far as the particulars, as far as the details, which, you know, they'll have the opportunity to learn uh, and, you know, come into knowledge of later as they decide to dig into it. Because I think uh, what Nas pointed out is what's happening. It's like, hey, uh, mommy, what is going on here? Shut up. You know, I think that's just the thing. Just, you know, it's almost like enter any famous white family here where they have a history of, say, owning slaves. They owned a bunch of slaves. They got stupid rich off of it. And now it's like, eh, we don't talk about that. You know, we just worked hard and came into a lot of money. You know, so, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of history that's so much has happened in between them. Now that the kids are here, you know, everything that Kanye is doing is literally in real time. They can literally see this is happening right now in front of them. So I think... You know, growing up, those childhood memories, it ain't going to be, oh, my mom did a, uh, a sex tape, which, it, you know, it may play a part in it. But I remember when I was nine and, and daddy was doing blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I I think I'm on your guys' side. I, I think what Kim said was true. Um, But, hey, you know, a broken clock could be right twice a day. And this, and real quick, this is where... I feel bad that I have to take Kim Kardashian's side because it's it's that whole thing that we talked about in 2016 where is the less of two evils one of them type yes. of thing uh-huh. but 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 I, which which by the way I hate that line that's a, that's a bad line like why you got to have two evil people you know what I mean how about that how about not give us the option of two evil mother effers my thing with Kanye though is that I don't I don't look at him as crazy and I'm not mad at you KT that's cuz that's the nation. Nation calls the man crazy. Black people call the man crazy. I do not think that Kanye West is crazy. He has antics, but he's not crazy. 
antics. Well, I didn't call him crazy. I said he does crazy stuff. No, 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 I wasn't coming at you. I'm just saying, but that is the the term that that is always synonymous with Kanye West. I'm just saying that for the general public, because when we talk about Kanye West versus Kim Kardashian, a lot of people want to be like, "Nah, Kanye's the worst because he's crazy." And I'm, I just want people to rem- to remind themselves that, like, if you're gonna say Kanye crazy, then hey, why not call Kim Kardashian, you know, a smart whore? Say that then. How about that? Very astute. You know, uh, you know, it's just interesting. It's very interesting. I would say eccentric. Eccentric? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I I would say that. That gray Power Ranger outfit he had was definitely eccentric. You ain't lying about that. Man, yeah. Uh, I don't shoulder pads. Yeah, the shoulder pad. Every yeah. It 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 really was more for time. And I'm just I'm just gonna be (laughs) honest. This is gonna be mean. I know it's gonna be mean. But I'm gonna say this, and then we're gonna move on to some more shenanigans. Mm. But I'm just saying the the new wife. Now, when the new wife oh, was shown, busted. I'm sorry. Well, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, when they initially introduced her, wasn't she a couple of shades darker? Like, do y'all remember that? Is that just me? Because they swore she was like a Kim Kardashian lookalike, basically. That, that's what or, I thought. Or was that some? Was that somebody else? Is, is that somebody else that he was involved with that they touted as a? Kim Kardashian looking like no, no. She he he did have another woman before this woman. Who, oh, okay. Who also, who also has a lot of Kardashian in her as well. He's basically dated two card two closeted Kardashians, and with this one, he's doing a, a. In my opinion, it's a public gimmick. He's calling her wife. This is okay. not his. There is no chance in hell he married this woman. He's calling her wife to make himself look like a new man. This is a PR scheme right here. So he can just move off in the sunset gracefully because I don't think he's ever getting Kim Kardashian back. And why would well, you? of course not. I mean, of course not. Yeah. And why would you want that? I mean, the, the, the best thing you can do with Kim Kardashian is, is a sex tape. Ask Ray J. Yeah, absolutely. But but look where that landed him. He's on College Hill season two. So... <laughs> Don't disrespect Ray J like that. He is on RSVP. RSVP. All right. Best ratchet boy band group you has ever heard in your life, man. You better show some respect to Ray J. Absolutely. So listen, now someone who I may be on the fence of calling crazy. Um, because Everything around him just seems to be bad. Like this man is down bad to me because Scottie Pippen, you know, especially after the documentary, the last dance about Michael Jordan, he's been shooting shots at Jordan ever since. Um, And in the most recent thing of, you know, his, his latest shot is probably the, the kicker, you know, let's just take a look and see what he has to say now about Michael Jordan. LeBron will be the greatest statistical guy to ever play the game of basketball. And there's no comparison to him. None. So, does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating because I don't believe that there's a great player because our game is a team game and one player can't do it. Like, i seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. 
he's shooting bad shots. And all of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. <laughs> all right, look. Is Scottie Pippen, it like, what's going on with Scottie right now? Somebody beamed this nigga up somewhere. <laughs> to the stars, man. <laughs> Just... Because <laughs> I don't know what he's... Okay. So, every... It seems like everybody who is, like, at the top of their craft has some asshole tendencies, Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So I can believe he could have been a bit of an asshole. I believe it. Yes. I can believe that, you know, especially with the mentality that he had when he was trying to win, he was like, he was going to be hard on himself as well as hard on everybody else. I believe that. Uh-huh. That's somebody who is focused on winning trying to get everybody else to come up to their level pretty much <clears throat> so i get it i get it it's not easy being around somebody who's that good and you trying to get there <laughs> it's not easy but oftentimes when you are around somebody like that and you just buckle up and settle in for the ride usually your game comes up as well. So <clears throat> I think that Scotty benefited from being on the team with Michael Jordan, but he's still bitter about what he didn't do to get his rightful pay. He's still bitter about that. He is bitter because he didn't fight for himself like he should have. He did it, he, you know, he did it in a very you know, he ended Messy. in a very sullen, you know, like a, a big kid just having a temper tantrum and everything instead of really being like, no, <clears throat> this is what I'm worth. This is what you should pay me. And if this is not what you're going to, you know, but I mean, he's he signed the deal and he had to live with it. That was, that was him. That was on him. He signed the deal. He had to live with it. He couldn't get out of it until it was, you know, the contract was up. So, I mean, you bitter because you didn't get paid what you thought you should have been paid. That's what it is. I think that's what it really boils down to. And he's jealous because... Michael Jordan, of course, gets all these accolades. And he, rightly so, he was a dope player. I mean, he accomplished a lot. He really did. And, you know, Scottie Pippen, he was a clutch player too. Now he was a clutch player. He was a part of that dream team. You know, he was he was a dope player. But I think he's just bitter that he didn't get what he felt he should have got. And he's taking it out on Mike. That's what I feel. And why are you making all them faces over there, Nas? 
<laughs> this is this is my way of keeping people's conversations going as they talk. So when viewers watch this, because mind you, all we are, we are in windows, all right, minding each other's business. Um, I just want people to know where I stand depending on what people say. So you got to understand there are some lines where I say, I don't know about that. And there are some lines where I'm like, okay, I get that. I get that. So just know that what you said overall, I definitely understand that whole pay thing. I don't know about that, but, but I don't want to get too, uh, too, too intricate in that. I don't want to put on my Stephen A hat and start throwing out stats. I, I let that, I let that ride. That's all good. Fine. You know what I mean? Cause, cause realistically there is a lot of jealousy involved and let, let's just make it simple because I think KT knocked it out the park. She did a good job of what she just said. So I, I'll just add on. Yep. Think about this for a second. If those who I said, if those for those who watched the last dance, which was a great piece of visual business, Michael Jordan said, Scottie Pippen is the greatest teammate he has ever played with. And without Scottie Pippen, there would be no six rings. So he has mentioned that. Now, I want people to understand something for a second. Because <laughs> you're talking to a PR specialist here. All right. I know words the same way women were, let's situation say, making it. Absolutely. I am a situation analyst. That's right. This, the same way I know this situation was going on right here is the same way Megan knows other men other than her boyfriend. All right. And that's why she gets shot to the ankle for it. But it's all right, though. Stop walking, bitch. And no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> here we go. All jokes aside, though. See, Michael Jordan calls Scottie Pippen a teammate, not a player. A teammate. See, he didn't give him points for saying that Scotty, in his own validity, on his own validation, is a dope-ass player. Now, I'm not trying to compare Michael Jordan to LeBron, but LeBron would easily say something like, yo, Dwayne Wade is like, he's better than me. He's one of the best players I've ever played with. Come on now, this is, this is my boy D-Wade. This, this is like my big brother right here. Jordan ain't saying any of that. He like, yo, listen, look, we all know Scotty's dope, man. Scotty's dope. And listen, he was my teammate, and that, like, he was my number two, and he did his job, and we won six rings. That's what he's going to do. He's going to make sure that y'all know where Jordan is at and where Scottie Pippen was at. I was watching this interview that uh, the, the comedian Pierre, y'all know about Pierre, right? The light-skinned brother. Um, he had John Sally on the show. This is, a, this is years ago. But I was watching it just because of this topic. And John Sally talked about why it was hard for Michael Jordan to get women. Because I'm about to go somewhere with this. And he said, yo, do you not know if you played for the Chicago Bulls? They didn't have any of that, let's go hang out and have fun. Like, when you play for that team, or your ass is going to sleep at 9 o'clock at night and getting ready for the next day. Why? Because of Jordan. And it's not even because of the strictness of Jordan. It's because of the strictness of David Stern in the NBA. You are playing with the face of the NBA. Not the face of the Bulls. The face of the NBA. He can't go places. So I can understand if you're Scottie Pippen and you play for that for for damn near a decade, you can't live a normal life because you're with the person who really can't live a normal life. And you have to, you have to be the subordinate to that because you guys are winning. And then the moment, and this is where KT can make a point. I don't know if this is true or not, but this could, this, this makes a point. Those last two years of Jordan's contract in the Chicago Bulls, everyone knows he made 35 to $36 million both years. All right. Now, this was during the time where players at best, the best players only make two million dollars a year. So Scotty's probably like, yo, when it was time to renegotiate contracts, I mean, Jordan got 36 mil. I mean, I can't at least get 11. 
Can I get 11? Nah, you get two. What? 11. I can see that. That makes a lot of sense, KT. And then let's get even more to the now about things. You know something? I just realized something. Teammates are not friends. Teammates are not friends. And it's sad because we're going to be talking about the state of black America. You know what we do on the Talk My Credo podcast. This, this makes Dante a very happy man. All right. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this later on. And here's the thing. I'm not going to get too much into it, but I'm going to just say this one thing. America as a whole, let alone the black community, because we're going to get into the black community later. America as a whole disguises individuality. All right. I work for a place that wants to tell you it's all about a team and they're technically right. But when you're out doing your own thing on your own as an individual, I have to make sure I do my best. But I'm not taught to focus on my best. I'm taught to focus on a team. If my team does good, I believe I do good no matter how much I slack or overachieve at my individual position. Scottie Pippen achieved at his individual position, but he's not going to ever get the credit because let me tell you something. Guess who I think is better than Scottie Pippen, Dante? Who's better than Scottie Pippen? Carl Malone. Guess who I think is better than Scottie Pippen, Dante? Who's better than Scottie Pippen? Dwayne Wade. And by the way, for those who don't think that, Dwayne Wade, as, his, as the number one player, won a ring, okay? Not Scottie. Guess who else I think is better than Scottie Pippen? Go ahead, ask me again, Dante. Go ahead, who else? Who, who could possibly be better than Scottie Pippen? My man, Chuck. Chuck is, in my opinion, the greatest power forward there is other than Tim Duncan. In my opinion, he never won a ring. But when you saw that man on the court, you know what time it was. Barkley was a beast. And he was damn near 6'4", 6'6". A 6'6", power forward, all right? With a butt like Keisha's paws running around here. Getting every rebound under the sun, okay? <laughs> but I want people to understand because when, when you're someone's teammate, when you're someone's teammate, you think they care that their son is dating your wife? Oh, he don't care? He don't care. Nope. Scotty, you got to stop it, bro. You listen, listen, you just got to stop it. All right, because at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure Jordan looking at it like this. Scotty, you acting like you wasn't out here having sex with all these women, man. Shut up. Just shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Listen, I don't want my son to be dating her, I, but he's his own man now. Right. Besides, he controls half of my business. I ain't got no time to say nothing to him. You know what I'm saying? Listen, man. <laughs> you go ahead. You kids, you kids go have fun now. <laughs> Basically, and that's basically like I, it's pettiness, it's bitterness there, and there, there's a whole litany of reasons that we could list. But you know, all, all these things came about um, because he felt that Michael Jordan first didn't show him in in the greatest light. Yeah, or but it's like, but he just told the truth. This what was going on, and this is how it was affecting the team. And ever since then, all these stupid little petty shots where it, it just doesn't make sense. And now it just, you make it like the bitter, like the, the ex-girlfriend who just can't move on. And it's, it's damn near impossible now because now you are the guy whose wife left you to date your now enemy's son. 
But that, but now, now I gotta, I gotta say this. That that is a little petty on the wife's part too, though. Like that's that's a little petty. I I, I rather wouldn't say petty. I think she's doing exactly what she's supposed to do because you know who she was when you married her. Like I, what I mean, she's what, doing now, she's looking mm-hmm. for security. She's looking right. for something stable, whether it brings her status, notoriety, money, or a combination of the three. You knew what she was. Who? whoever she was like you knew it when you were scotty pippen when you was out here slaying all these hoes she was just one of them that you liked more than the others that's just but, what it is Dante, let, let, okay you know that and this is where the kim kardashian comes into play because yes. even though she she comes before kim kardashian and she wasn't doing anything scandalous as far as out in public that we know of the way kim kardashian came to fame so let's think about this for a second, because what you're saying could be right, no doubt. But at the same time, she also had four kids with this man. Yes. You know what I mean? So, no, I'm just saying, like, she she was a mother in the 90s with this man. You know what I mean? Like, it, it we don't, I don't know of her on that level to be like, yo, she's one of his runarounds. But let's say she is. If she is, right? Well, here goes my whole thing of you don't have to date Jordan's son. Yo, you done dated two basketball players already within the last two seasons. Just keep doing that. Seems like they don't have no issue with you. Just date another youngin that you done had. Be the cougar of the year and go ahead and date one of them little young NBA players. Like, it just doesn't have to be Jordan's. Like, that. that's, come on, man. That's that's a little rude. You know what I mean? That's that's rude. Um, uh, yeah. That's all, that's all I'm going to say on that, man. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to look at it as Scotty being bitter i think scotty just knows oh you know what it's that funny i remember scotty doesn't know but anyway i'm getting to that but but scotty do know that there's people out here like me that doesn't look at scotty pippen as an elite great like you're great but there's a few players that i might think is better than you i think a, a hakeem olajuwon is better than you you know what i mean but it's because of the team that you got to play for and the player that you play with has gotten you to this elite level and I think he wants some acknowledgement on his own, like his on his own, say, hey, I'm great too. And listen, I'm gonna say, Scotty, you're great too, bro. You're great. You got six rings, you're dope. But that's one thing I will I, I want to end on my part about this. Because you just talked about how um she needs security, she needs those things, Dante. It's funny how material materialistic things really don't matter in people's lives because this man walked away with money sponsorships a gold medal six rings and he still can't get over it so yeah there you go absolutely and that's what he's calling me oh god all right look man scotty just just get help seek therapy bro that's all i'm gonna say all right look mm-hmm. in, in another instance of someone who may need therapy um we may need to talk to this entire group of people down here in Greenville, South Carolina. That's your backyard, KT. So I'm going to need you to go and set these people straight. (laughs) This is your backyard. All right. So listen, in Greenville, South Carolina, y'all know uh, Juneteenth is coming. um, And people are doing their things to, you know, to celebrate, you know, blacks and, you know, the the whole celebration. We know what Juneteenth is. White people are just now learning what Juneteenth is. And it's hilarious. Uh, But it's not even about them right now. It's about us. So a group called Juneteenth GVL Incorporated uh, is a is a an activist community group that's preparing to hold celebratory Juneteenth events throughout the week of Juneteenth, June 10th 
through the 17th. To prepare and build anticipation for these events, 50 banners were created to be hung throughout the downtown area. Featured on those banners were people of all ethnicities and cultures, including white people. Now, this sparked a crazy backlash, which caused the banners to be removed a couple of days later, mainly because on these banners, you had different pictures of, of black people, you know, come celebrate Juneteenth and, and uh, you know, all these celebratory messages and stuff. And they said, hey, we think it'll be great if we include everybody and let's include Hispanic people, let's include Indian people, let's include white people. So this sparked a crazy backlash where... People was like, what the hell are y'all doing? But instead of just saying, you know what, our bad, um, they wanted to double down and they wanted to give the explanation. So I want to play the explanation of why they did what they did. And let's see if, let's see if they're on to something. Are we overreacting? Is there a, a misunderstanding? Let's just see where we should stand on this issue here. All right, y'all check this out. Thank you, Rashad. Uh, only on four. Juneteenth Greenville has already begun setting up for its second annual celebration to commemorate the end of slavery in the United States. WYFF News 4 has received several messages about these banners that are hanging in downtown Greenville. So we went straight to the source for you. The founder and executive director of Juneteenth, Reuben Hayes, says he approved a series of 50 banners to represent unity and celebration. The signs went up this Sunday. He and his co-founders say there are many ethnicities represented, black, Hispanic, and white, noting the city of Greenville did not do anything to steer Juneteenth Greenville's decision-making in a specific direction. Juneteenth Greenville says they understand why some people may be triggered, but there should be an even bigger focus. The, the images on the flag um, were very intentional, and it, it was intentional for the fact that no matter what you want to do, it takes everybody to come together and to support and to push any vision forward. And we have for so long been asking for a seat at the table. We have been knocking at the door, include us. And now that we have a seat at the table, the last thing we want to do is what's been done to us for years is exclude. We've been excluded. Juneteenth Greenville is set for June 10th through the 17th. They say the most important thing the community can do right now is support. Visit our website, WYFF4.com, for more. And also hear more from the organizers of Juneteenth Greenville later on this afternoon on WYFF News 4. All right, so, <laughs> so, KT. We done uh -huh. gone through this issue, you know, because I want to start with you because th this is your backyard, you know, they're, they're like, mm -hmm. you know, a hop, skip and a jump away. So, you know, as, as a fellow South Carolinian, you know, are they on to something like, is this blown out of proportion? Should we look at this a different way or are they just out of their minds? Like just, just what's your reaction to this? Um, I think it should be blackity, black, black, black. Let me tell you why. Okay. So what is Juneteenth about? Juneteenth is about when black folk found out they was free. Ain't that, ain't that right? Okay. 
why we got why we got pictures of everybody else on the flags? Just 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 put the flag up there and say when it is and all that. And if other people want to come, they can come. But I don't feel like I feel like we always are so forgiving and so inclusive. Oh, we're gonna we always bend and always forgive others and I feel like we're the most forgiving race <laughs> there is because we kind of just let let things slide we let people you know you come on everybody come on all right but Why can't we just have something that's just for us? Like, I just, I don't, I mean, I feel like the, when the, when other cultures have things and they're not necessarily broadcasting inclusion for that particular event, it's for, you know, the people who belong to this category. We why are we the only ones that always got to be reaching out to everybody else and be like, oh come on, we're we're invite. I'm just I don't know. I just maybe this is just my tired of people in their shit side yes. coming out today. I don't know. Yes, to put it bluntly, I understand. <sighs> So we, you know, slipping this you, over you, to our situation analyst. No, no, I, I got you. I got you. Now, nice. hold on, hold on. Now we're going to switch this. So we're going to switch this over right over to our oh resident situation analyst, Nasir <laughs> Nuru, the greatest Hindi badger that ever lived. Our situation analyst is live on the scene. Naj, w- w- what's your take of all this? Okay, I, I do have a take, but but I but I also just wanted to say something to uh, to KT that um, as a matter of fact, I know I, I don't want to say anything to you. It was it was going to be good things, KT, but. Fine, fine statement by you. No, no. I think moving forward on the Talk Mock Credo podcast, KT should never research any topic. I'm not saying you do or you don't, but for now on, just don't. Because what I like to see when KT makes a take is how she thinks, like she she goes through the process of thinking what she wants to say as she's doing it. She's like, you know what? Uh, this is this is just stupid. Like, why why, why does just can't be black? This This makes no sense. Go to Nasur. Like, I like this. I, I like I like what's going on here. Keep doing that, KT. I, I actually found that pretty amusing. She like, man, she like she wanted to, she wanted to give you like 10 minutes of some real like smart stuff she really wanted to say. Then she's just like, you, you know what? This is stupid. Get the f- <laughs> This is just dumb. Nah, anyway, <laughs> I like that, KT. I appreciate that. Um, you know something? So I don't know whether that's a compliment or not, but we gonna keep. No, no, no. It's it's, it's a compliment. Like <laughs> about some in character, like in character, Casey. Don't. I'm not. I'm not coming at you. I promise you. I'm talking oh, about on some in character stuff. Yeah, you know I mean. And then look, you got the wine oh, right man. there next look, to you. Like man, so, this is what I'm talking about. All right, but look, uh, KT, since you are down there in South Carolina, as before I start my uh, my my quick rant, I need you to find out Pete Lee, and I need you to see if you can score um either me or Dante, but probably me the the interview. Okay, because I want to talk to this guy personally because he may want to fight after, and I'm and I'm and I'm ready for the smoke because 
Here's the ignorance. No, for real. <laughs> because, okay, well, good. Please, you know, me, me and Dante. I, I ain't know Dante wanted that smoke, but, but my, I should have known my cousin would be down with this. Uh-huh, okay, yeah. so you can't say, in my opinion, and mind you, I'm, it's just my opinion. You can't say that we have a seat at the table and then say, but we are excluded from that table. Then we don't have a table. I mean, we don't have a seat at the table. So this is how you know this is no more than a money grab. And I would like, I would like for us, all right, the four of us, or if you add more people, the six of us, your y- y- two homeboys that, that sing and rap, they, yo, listen, let's just have our own Juneteenth coalition, all right? And whether we get the inclusiveness of, of it or make it blackity black, black, I'm just here for the money, all right? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I hate to be rude. I hate to act like I'm, I'm being a, uh, what's that, a culture vulture. But listen, if Pete Lee, can get some TV time and lie to America saying that black America has a seat at the table, but we're also excluded. Well, I could come up with some bullshit too. Okay. That was, I want to fight like that. Yo, that is rude. No, I'm KT. I'm sorry. Dante. I'm sorry. I'm about to be like KT. I'm just thinking as I'm talking like for real, like that's rude. I want to fight like that. How in God's name. And you know how he got everybody involved because he added everybody in it. And I want you to know something. I'm over here in the great state of New Jersey. They call this uh, state the most segregated and also the most diverse. I mean, if you look at it objectively as you're riding up and down South and North Jersey, there are a lot of groups of people here in this country. I'm talking about any country in this state of small Polish, small Irish, a lot of black Americans, a whole lot of white Americans, a whole lot of Hispanic Americans, every city now, Asian Americans, Gay America, like New Jersey has it. I'm talking about town by town, though. They have it. Here's the funny thing about that, though. The funny thing about all of these groups of people is that I, I'm not saying that I should or I shouldn't know, but I really don't know the nooks and crannies of their personal culture. And I always felt like black, which black team, I was about to say, I'm so sorry, y'all. Juneteenth. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was funny. <laughs> I apologize. I wasn't even trying to be choking that time. I was serious. But this should not be a national holiday. Because, first of all, white America, whether they know about this date or not, they are not going to act like they know that date around you unless they're one of those trolling people on the internet that want to act like they know black America more than you. You get a couple of those. But let me tell you something. I was at uh, this place called Surf City. It's a it's a place in Jersey City. It's off the, the Hudson Bay. Right across the street, you can see New York. Right across the bay, I meant to say, you can see New York. And you can jet ski there for rentals, yacht. Whenever, you, whenever y'all come back to Jersey, we can go there, especially when it's hot. That's when, that's when you're supposed to go. It's an outside uh, door experience. Pretty cool. Long story short, I actually went there on Juneteenth last year. And I got to be honest, these were some, I wouldn't call them like very nice white American males, but they was cool. You know what I mean? They was chill. It was, we was talking. They bought drinks. And they was just, like, talking out loud. And this is when I thought the, you know, the BS was about to come up. Because they was like, yeah, man, you know, we just off today. Like, what's going on? So my dumb ass, because I'm black, I ain't got no time. I'm like, yeah, Juneteenth. You know what I mean? As I'm drinking. Yeah, Juneteenth. And instead of being, like, on some, oh, yeah, you know, like, you know, it could have got snot and rude. It was just like, yeah, you know, you're right. It is Juneteenth. Um, you know, I heard, I heard of the holiday. But let me ask you, how, how do you celebrate? And I ain't going to lie to you. When he asked that question, 
That's when I said, this is why this shouldn't be a national holiday. Because no one, white America is not going to admit their flaws. They're like a woman in this. They're not going to apologize for this. They're not. They're not apologizing for slavery. It's it's not Not going to happen in that way. It's not happening. So I just looked, and this is what I said to him. As I took the drink and just started drinking, I said, celebrate the day off. And I just kept drinking. Because that's all it really is. It's just the day off. But the fact that we have to have this conversation with people that don't even want to know about this in the first place. Why do they want to be reminded about their heritage and about how they built this country? And I'm not saying that they shouldn't know about it, but do I need to, do I need Juneteenth to talk about it? I can talk about this every single day, every Every single day, every day. I do not need a date in June just because like now, if I lived in Texas in the same town that they told the last slaves, then that's different. I might just get on a soapbox and just, Hey, <laughs> happy Juneteenth, you white bastards. <laughs> you know, <laughs> might be a little different, might be a little different, <laughs> but, but in two, in 2023, I honestly, and I hate to be very American about this, but I think we should just consider the fact that we just have a date off and some of us may get paid. Now, of course, if, for, for those who don't know, I, I want to tell you my personal business. I work for a company that don't give up about that day. Okay. I'm just putting it out there. Nope. They do not. <laughs> I'm going to be out not. there strong. Bring, bring your ass paid. right on in to work on June 19th. You will be working on that day. Thank you. Have a great. Yeah. Nope. I, I work for a federal my company. My job is we work around the New York Stock Exchange schedule. So <laughs> New York Stock Exchange is going to be closed. So no, Nah, F all that. No, no. I work for a federal organization on a federal holiday. F all that. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say, KT. Yep. What are you talking right, about? Exactly. Exactly. We don't care don't nothing, about nothing about your New York Stock Exchange. We don't care nothing about that. We got to work, sure. damn it. <laughs> we got to work. And I'm a federal employee. Federal. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Not state. You know what I'm saying? Federal. Federal. I'm federal or state. Now, now, you know, this is the only time. Like, this, this is... I just want to say this one thing and I leave it alone because because this is where Trump be having me and don't be having me because he the one that released this. He the one that let this happen. And everybody thought this was cool because in a sense, it is cool because, again, it's a paid holiday. But white people know what this is and they're going to act dumb to it the same way. And I say this respectfully to my Hispanic Americans, the same way some of you Hispanic Americans, when you don't want to talk English, you just speak the Spanish because you don't want to hear nothing we got to say to you. I get it. <laughs> But I'm just letting you know, it's it's a tone-deaf approach to communication. That's all I'm going to say about that. You know, here's here's my take on it. Um, First of all, this entire Juneteenth GVL group down there, there's, there's like a, a panel. It's all comprised of maybe about 12 to 15 people. And they're all black. And somehow... As they sat around this team of about 15 people, 15 black people, they thought that this would be the way to go. And hearing the words of Pete Lee, the co-founder of this, it really makes me just die a little inside. Because one, it sounded so Democrat. And this not even to get political, but again, we have this belief that black people are democratic. 
and we're not. And so it's, it's this talking point of, you know, we've been crying for so long to have a seat at the table. We, we've been saying, hey, give us a seat, give us a seat. Because we've been excluded. And the last thing we want to do is exclude others. And I said, listen here, I, like I, I wanted to call him raccoon. Like I wanted to call him that, but I'm like, <laughs> I know he means well. Like, I know you mean well, but you're so misguided in this. Because one, your, your very first problem in this, the very first problem and, and the most damning one is the fact that you think that you have to sit at their table instead of focusing on building a community where you establish your own. And that is the basis. And that's going to be basically be the basis of, you know, the next topic we get into. That's the problem. Not only, not only that you think that you have to sit at their table, you also act like they want to sit at ours. Yeah. Well, 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 hold on, hold on. Now, see, see, yes, yes, but let, let's, yes, Kate, Katie, yes, but remember, no one wants to sit at our table because we don't seem as organized as the other groups of people. So they don't want to, they don't, they don't want to do that. And then again, when uh, you said something that he, he, he has a um, tag, you said he has good intentions and then uh, shoot, man. I was trying to get to my point. Oh my God. You, oh my uh, goodness. I basically say he had a, a, a democratic uh, mm-hmm. viewpoint, like a liberal viewpoint. Uh, Left side? He, I remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Continue. Where he thinks that, you know, this is the best way forward for, for black Americans as far okay. as we're going to. Yeah. Go ahead. Right. Right. No. So the thing about the seat, the seat at the table for him is, yeah, you, I ain't saying we should want this. In his mind, this is why he wants this, as far as this uh, inclusivity that he's speaking of, because the white people and the Indian American people and the Hispanic people, guess what? When you say it's time to donate, they're more willing to than the black Americans do. But people think that's on some black Americans don't want to support each other. No, black Americans still starving and we got to protect ourselves and our money and our mental health. We ain't just giving out money because you said Juneteenth. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. There's like a hundred organizations of um, subdivisions of Black Lives Matter. I don't know who I'm giving giving out my money to. For all I know, I give out the wrong one. They buy a mansion on me in California like the other lady did. No, you don't know. And she's the head. That's at the top. Uh, Just a a quick sidebar. They came out. They say every um, that they allocated all the donations that was given to Black Lives Matter, only 30 percent of it actually went to charitable um like intentions you know i actually went to charity the other 70 percent of it went to buying those mansions and went into somebody's pocket but you know that that also works as as i called it this is the modern feed the children foundation because that's basically what it is Mm -hmm. instead of showing black people with flies in their eyes they're showing black people right uh protesting in the street that's all. My name, That's the- my name is Nassour Nuru, and I am the CEO of Unitith. All right. And here are my other co-CEOs, Dante Credo, KT Thomas, Keisha Smith. All right. And we run this. Please donate to us. All we are here to do is to bring a safe space strictly for black people. And like the words of the great Malcolm X, 
White people cannot join, but you can help. <laughs> give us a call. <laughs> 1-800-777, give me your motherfucking dollars because that's give all reparations So we can go ahead and live right as a community. And when we feel like our mental health is strong enough, we'll come back outside and we'll sing the Langston Houston's uh, poem of I Too Sing America, and then we'll all be good. But for right now, I am Nassau Nuru, the CEO of Unitynth. I'm with Dante Credo, KT Thomas, and Keisha Smith, our co-CEOs. And yes, yes, feed us that bread because they never gave us what we owed in the first place. Give us that money. So my last little point, and then we'll get into the next topic here. Um, We all have celebrated St. Patrick's Day in some way, shape, or form. But uh, I don't. I am, I'm green. I'm green with envy when it comes to white people. If that's what you're talking about, yeah. Well, you know, you know, we, you know, for for the most part, the population, regardless of color or ethnicity, you've all on St. Patrick's Day went to a bar and drank a little bit. You may wore some green because if you don't, you're going to get pinched. You know, we all participated in that. Um, but I don't think the Irish went out of their way to show um, Asian people. Or as the the poster children of St. Patrick's Day, um, Cinco de Mayo. We all who doesn't go out drinking and partying on Cinco de Mayo. You know, everybody participates in Cinco de Mayo. But I don't think they went out of their way to put up posters of, you know, Russian people, white people, as hey, Cinco de Mayo, come celebrate. I don't I don't think they've done that. But everybody still participated in, and had a good time with the holiday, regardless of what it may have meant to those specific set of people. I, I can't think of one Jewish holiday where they celebrated their Jewish faith and holiday, whatever the case may be or what it may mean to them. And you saw two Negroes from Southside, Michigan or California or whatever, some herbal, some urban sect of, of any urban city where, Hey, we're going to, celebrate this Jewish holiday with black people as the face saying, Hey, it's, it's time to celebrate our faith. I don't think, you know, things like Ramadan, I don't think they had white people as it. all I'm saying is all of these different holidays that, that we call them, we've all celebrated and participated in some way, shape or form every last one of them with it still showing and being true to the group of people that the holiday derived from. Hell, I don't think, and here's what I would love to see. The next time July 4th is coming around, when Independence Day come around, when we, hey, freedom of America, we got our freedom. I want y'all to show a whole group of black people that don't show white people at all. Just show all black people on your Independence Day uh, merchandise and advertisement and stuff celebrating the holiday. And let's see how you guys will respond there. Because the point is, yeah... What you're doing, Pete Lee and Ruben Hayes and the other 12 members of Juneteenth GVL, to me, that seems like you're pandering. And it doesn't seem like you're actually trying to uh, incorporate or push forward or celebrate black people at all. It's just you're using black people as a way, as Nas has said, to get to some sponsorship donation money to where you can do what you really want to do. It almost seems like on a lesser scale, you're you're following the model of Black Lives Matter. That's all I'm saying. 
That's hey, all. Yo, I'm and you missing the point. But you missing the point, Dante. We gotta uh -huh. just do it. Let's not let's you know what? I apologize for my take on the guy that's not so funny that hangs out with uh Kev on stage and uh Tony Baker, that guy. Look, uh -huh. I apologize. All right, look, he's consistent. He's consistent. Uh -huh. I, I look, I don't know if people know this. I've been very consistent this last year. All right, because I wanna I I model some of this consistency off corny people like the man Ryan. I get it. All right. But listen, Dante, no, don't be like this. Don't sit there and talk about the stuff that we already know. We need to get on a scheme. All right. I need money. I need to buy a car. Let's create unity. That's it. Okay. All right. That's it. That is it. That is it. So, That's it, yo. That's so with it. that said, with that said, this whole thing came about because they wanted to follow in the lines of diversity and inclusion. And there was like, we, we wanted to, we didn't want to exclude anyone. We've been excluded. We don't want to exclude anybody else. Um, I just want to ask you guys this question because I thought about it as I looked at this story and I looked at another story that was criticizing the little mermaid and also criticizing one of these Spider-Man movies that's coming out where basically it's featured as the black man or well, a black person, you know, falling in love with the white person. And it's like, okay, what's up with that interracial da 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 uh in, in the name of diversity and inclusion, right? So I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, is is this actually helping the black community as far as establishing itself? If we're so focused on including everybody, you know, hey, um, we want you to be a part and have an integral say in how we move as a community. Um, should we be so focused on this because we don't want to seem like we're being racist or we're discriminating against uh, any group of people? You know, we don't want to be quote unquote hypocrites of that. So let's bring everyone in and let's come together, everybody. Should we do that? Or should we actually create unity and and actually do something for ourselves without everyone having their hand in the pot? Like, no, we, we create unity so we can get money from all cultures, but the money only helps the black Americans. That's what's supposed okay. to happen. That's what unity is built for. Now, here's the here's here's my uh, I'm going to use the terms that the kids are using because I don't think this makes sense to me, but the unpopular tape which is stupid because even if the unpopular take makes all the sense in the world, it's, it's a good take. You dumb Anyway, freaking kids, man. Yeah. Stupid. Just stupid. But anyway, here's the unpopular take. Juneteenth should never be a holiday. It shouldn't. It should never be a holiday. Realistically, like if KT is right about what she said, when she said, Hey, why can't we have something for ourselves? The reason why you can't make it a national holiday for ourselves on that level is because Everyone still has a certain uh, when it comes to black America. Can't have it. Can't. Cinco de Mayo technically is something in Mexico. Now, this is where America, again, you guys got to stop being hypocrites because we celebrate holidays that come from other cultures outside of the USA. Yes. And y'all say it's okay. No problem. But things that's made it, like for instance, we're good at spaghetti, but that's not our delicacy. Well, our as in America, okay? Definitely not yeah. mine. But you know what I'm saying? Our as in America. That's an Italian dish. Tacos. You know what's up. You know that ain't us at all. But we Americanized it. Now we act like this is ours to keep. 
Taco Tuesday mm-hmm. is America. Y'all can have tacos, Mexico, but Taco Tuesday, that is North Carolina. That's and don't us. you forget yes. that. That's us. That's yep. how we act. And this we is what we're doing with the hell out that thing, boy. Yep. <laughs> oh, we can't see, see and that's what it is. We mm-hmm. can't technically colonize black people anymore, even though we already done, but we can't do that. So we'll give you the holiday, but the holiday represents the fact that we colonized you. Uh-huh. But black people yep. are like, yay, free day off. Because the pl- the black people that have went to college and said, hey, I'm a teacher now. I'm this person now. Like they take this, like they too sing America. So they like, man, this is cool. It's a free day. They not looking at the overall thing of it. Like when people walk up to me talking about some happy Juneteenth, I'm like, nigga, I wasn't the last slave. Don't talk to me like that. Go to Texas. Go to the state where the town was at and jump on your soap dish and start saying that. You ain't got a happy Juneteenth me. I ain't with it. I'm sorry. I know that it comes with a certain level of prevalence when it comes to us as black Americans. But when we start yelling that out loud and half of us don't even know what it's for in the first place, it ain't like y'all over here saucing your steak in the red wine. Y'all ain't doing none of that in the red dye. I meant to say, but you get the point that I'm making, Dante and KT. Uh-huh. Y'all not doing that. Y'all not taking it to the, to the level that I want you to take it. People talk about Kwanzaa. I don't see nobody in here, Kuja, Zachalia, none of that. I don't see nothing in here. Right. I don't see any of this. Like, Kwanzaa can, like, if I told you before, uh, Dante, on the Late Night Flight podcast, which is basically the Talk My Credo podcast, okay, but it was audio form, I'm telling you that Kwanzaa should have been the national holiday, the same way how the Jewish Americans have made Passover that way. They gone for 10 days. They can just do whatever they want. We should have the same. I will trade Juneteenth, Black, I said Ju- Juneteenth and Black History Month for a week off of Kwanzaa because that's something that as it's as for those who are Black Americans. I know we were talking to your uh, your white uh, home girl that for the post office. This is the most Black American of a holiday as you can get, where mm-hmm. it derives from America, not from Africa, and we can say it's ours and the Africans. Love it where they like, yo, we celebrating this with you. Like, this is like, if y'all want to talk about inclusive, this is it for us. Why haven't y'all done this for us? Make Kwanzaa the national holiday. Do that. Uh-huh. That's all. I'm sorry. I'm going to put that out there. Like, if they do that, then I'm going to, I'm going to two sing America. But for right now, I ain't with all of it. I want to <laughs> fight Pete Lee. Pete Lee getting his ass whipped by me. Find that man, please. We're going to do a late night vlog and turn it into a prank. And I'm whipping his ass on public yep. because, oh, because it's disrespectful. Is dis- yo, it's, no, it's disrespectful because it's people like him that get all the political. I say, hey, well, I'm not going to use the word because I, I probably made enough mi- mistakes. But let's say the uh, political box. Okay. Get what I'm saying here? All right. From a lot of women, they be thinking, oh, Pete, he look like a, a, a stand up guy. You know, someone that will watch my son while I go do things and then come back and go make sex with him because he's a good man. Like, no, he's not a good man. This is guy's a piece of shit. He a piece of shit. I'm sorry. Pete Lee, you a piece of shit. And you can see me, you find me on a late night flight. And I'm going to hook you up. Yo, I don't like this guy. I'm sorry. I don't like him. He just, he almost just as bad as the Cuban brother that's down with the Proud Boys, if you ask me. Yo, you, yep, exactly. I ain't with him. It's, 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 it's rude. This is just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I mean to say all that. I apologize. I'm just letting but you know. It's, it's just him. Like, he's the face. You know, we also got to tag Ruben Hayes because he's the actual owner. Pete, Pete Lee is the, like the co-founder. Ruben Hayes is like the the head president of it, and the other twelve other black people who who saw this entire campaign, and they all said, "You know what? That sounds like a good idea. We should do that. We, we should do that. Yeah, let's do that." Nah, shook nah. and jiving. 
KT. So with all, with all this said, is is that a piece like is that something that we should consider as far as including everyone and doing things that is specifically for our community? Like so like does does Nas make make no. sense? Or, or, no. What's up? What do you think? The answer is no. Because that's how we get derailed a lot of the time, trying to include everybody when it we know who it's for. It's supposed to be for us. By yes. us. Boo-boo, yes. damn it. Yes. Boo-boo. <laughs> Boo-boo. Yes. So um I find it disheartening. We thrived back in the day when we did we supplied all of our own needs. Yes. We had our own tailors. We had our own um, carpenters. We had our own, you know, everybody had their own thing that benefited the community. Right. And that's how you got a place like Tulsa. Yep. Black Wall Street. You know what I mean? We thrived when we did stuff like that. And we weren't worried about including everybody else. Uh-huh. What what is that you writing on the card? I can't even see that. <laughs> yep. They, they burned it. They did. they did. They did. Yeah, they did. But build what it back, find- damn it. Yeah, what I find is heartening, and, and that is, and that's the thing. There, there was a time where we knew we had to, because honestly, in that same time, we literally had to, because there was laws saying that we there was no other way to do it, because there were some areas that we just couldn't go to. Um, all throughout history, post slavery. Anytime you saw, and I've said this before, but it, it it always rang true as I flip through the pages of history and I just look and I read these articles and I double check to make sure that what I'm reading is actually true. And like, I, I swear, I feel like I should have like a PhD in something. I feel like I should have some sort of certificate or degree in something. The way I'm just constantly looking up information. Oh, is that true? Let me see where else I can find it. What, you know, sources and stuff. I feel like I'm in high school or college or something again. But someone told me, and this was years ago, that whenever there was a a major pro-black movement that was always an equally forceful or greater white backlash. Now, that's not to demonize white people, but this is is just... To be honest with it, every time there was a black uprising or forward movement of any kind, it was always attacked, burned down, assassinated, snuffed out. Think about all of our leaders, literally all of our leaders were assassinated or (laughs) like, you know, our cities, our towns. They were raised to the ground. They were flooded and turned into parks and monuments. Uh, It just, and now we've been co-opted with all these different groups as black people try to once again pick themselves up, 
they've always been co-opted with some other side group with another agenda saying, hey, this is how you need to do it. Come follow us and do it this way and we'll give you what you're trying to do. And for some reason, we've always fallen for it. And now what now when I hear black people like Pete Lee, like Ruben Hayes, say these things of we, we want a seat at the table. We want a seat at the table. I only hear these other groups that have come in and co-opted. You know, and, and I'm not even going to get political with it, but you, you know, you are talking about your liberals. You're all talking about your Democrats and these other groups that said, Hey, if you do it our way and listen to us, your communities will be restored or whatever the case may be. And it, it has yet to happen. And I, I, I disagree with that. It has happened. What, what part? Every, okay. Think about this. The small, you know, matter of fact, let's we'll start with the outside. I'm going to go inside. Small Indian okay. communities. Small, Hispa like the Hispanic Americans are the exact, like they are the most perfect example of do what white Americans says to do and you too will come out graceful. They have done that. They have done that. From an educational standpoint, they have they have pushed a lot of kids out, make sure most of those kids either go to college or just at least by regular standard work in a post office, be a police officer, be a uh, fireman. They have made sure they have put their kids in a position to always have money, always have a steady check. And then that can start into another thing where you can be the de detectives or fire commissioners, whatever the case may be. Black America, we still are working at that level for our children. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and I don't want to get into it because, again, we got, one, we got another topic. But, but that's, on, that's the only reason why I'm disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm not saying what you're, what you're saying is wrong. Is, uh -huh. But that's where we as the society has, has screwed up because we have ate the Booker T. Washington pill, not the W.E.B. Du Bois pill. We have allowed to be called second-class citizens for the money and the satisfaction of security in this country. That has what happened. Because when as soon as you find an independent thinker like Tupac that says, I don't like what's going on, like you said, they're dead on the street. Yep. And there's it enough dead, there's enough dead people out here to make a lot of black people, which is definitely true, conform and say, you know what? I'm confined success in America by going to William Patterson University or NC State. No disrespect, Dante. I'm just keeping you. I mean, yeah. like, yo, cause, matter of fact, screw it. They can go to North Carolina A&T and then go, I say this respectfully, be white somewhere else, okay? Mm -hmm. All right? Like, this is what's happening. And when those people, I'm Kel, even at the top level like an Oprah, they already made it. They already made the money that they was already going to make. Whatever blackness that you're upset about, they're not as upset about. So their influence on it will not be as strong as yours, won't be as passionate as yours. Because what they're going to tell you is some white shit. They're going to say to you, hey, guess what, little black boy, little black girl? My name's Oprah Winfrey, and I pulled myself by my fucking bootstraps. And that, whew, that's the shit right there to get me mad. When you pull yourself by your bootstraps, well, let's go outside and go fight. I want to knock them bootstraps right up off your feet because that's not a real thing anyway. But that is what they tell us, and that's what we have to believe in. And my family, and I'll leave it alone here, my family may look at me as disappointing or a failure for not necessarily graduating college. 
But what they will never tell me is that they never raised me for college, never asked me what it is that I wanted to do, saw my strengths, see my skills. Because realistically, when you go to college, what you want to do is want college to help you. They want to, well, first of all, as a as a person, you're going to wind up coming out disciplined because of the longevity of college. But college is supposed to help you prep for the career that you want to have. Right. I never learned any of that. I'm yo. If I tell you, which is this is a true thing, what if I tell you that out of my five siblings, I'm the only one to graduate high school, forget college. You know what I mean? Like, like this is the level that we're at, and, and it's and it's annoying yes. as hell. It's annoying as hell because who who what makes you think I don't want to be popped out out of a family that made one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year together? Because I probably have more knowledge, more uh, gen- more genuineness out of my parents where they're like, yo. Listen, you're going to go to college because this is what this is what you're going to do. This is the plan. You know what I mean? This is what you, you know what I mean? Like, because you see it. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, if I still want to keep it looking like this, I better pay attention. Exactly. Because when you out here living like everybody else and everybody else don't give an F about their own personal life, you're not going to give an F about your you're own personal life. Give a, exactly. And mediocrity is just, that's just what it is. And it's okay. Or like we say in the hood, I just want to be good. That's it. How can you strive to be great when good is great? It's like, I just want to be good. Just let me be good. Yep. And I'm good. And I'm good. Yeah. So I, I definitely b- uh, agree with the where we are. And, and that's just basically where I was going to drive this whole thing. As far as where we are as a community, we literally cannot afford to take the path of having all these other groups with their hand in the pot telling us how we should do with our community, because unfortunately they were successful in setting us back some generations. Let's just be honest. They were successful in doing it. And now just in my opinion, I feel like this whole diversity, equity, inclusion, DEI type thing. I don't think that the black community should be involved in actively practicing that because we don't even know who we are. As a quote unquote, I say community, I say I use that term very loosely because just I couldn't disagree with this group. Like, I, I, I'm with Nas. It's like, bro, if like we could run the fade, like we could run the ones right now because I know your message is going to be heard by so many more people than our message. And your message is literally going to mislead our people down the path that we should not even begin to touch because we haven't established ourselves to talk about we're excluding and, and we want a seat at the table and like, no, set your own table, focus on who we are as a people and establish ourselves there. Trust me. This is America. The only, only color that supersedes the color. We all know that is the quote unquote superior is green. And we generate just now as unorganized and disjointed and fractured as we are, we still generate $2 trillion in this country. They will come. They will come because they're going to want, hey, how can we get in on this money that y'all, because that's that's basically all Mm -hmm. it is. So, KT, I'm going to leave this to you, and then we're going to get up out of here because Miami's playing. (laughs) Got some Miami's playing. I got to watch so is, is there any, anything that you want to drive home? Like, what's, what's, what's your thoughts on this as we wrap this up? Uh, I just wish 
we as a people, I just wish we as a people would come together more. Uh, there's so much distrust that has been uh, stirred up amongst us and uh, we just don't have we don't have a sense of community like we used to back in the day we really don't the mentality that black people used to have of you know we have to depend on one another to get to where we need to get that's just not there anymore we're so disjointed and and divided it's just i wonder if we will ever get to where we should you know i i think i'm gonna say this and then i'm gonna go ahead and end but i think the most damning decision that we as a community made was integration. I think integration damned us as a community because for whatever reason, we thought that their stuff was more valuable than our stuff. And we discarded and forgot and threw away our stuff to be involved with their stuff. To assimilate. Yeah. So this guy that's like seat at the table, sit at the table. Integration was supposed to be a seat at the table, but look at what we received once we sat at that table mm-hmm. and, and look at, the, and look what it cost us to sit at that table. We gave away our entire economy to sit at this table, to still be treated as second class citizens. I think that that was uh, a damning thing. And I, I go back to MLK when he's like, you know, he, feared that he uh, integrated his people into a burning house because he gave the, I have a dream speech. And then the quote, as far as integrating to a burning house came after that. Then he started talking about reparation and the economic status of black Americans. Then he was killed. But you know, that that's just where I stand with it, man. That's, that's where I am with it. Um, I just want to thank you guys. Once again, if we're going to go ahead again, Game is on. I'm going to get up out of here because, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Hold on one second, Nas. We are, okay, I'll vote. Okay, okay, yep. All right, go ahead. We're not giving 10 minutes to find out whether we're going to, whether black America should worry about themselves or worry about each other. I was ready for this. That was the topic? I, yeah, yeah. We, we was actively talking about it. <laughs> hey, man. America, I'm going to show you the scripts that this man give me, all right? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to show you the scripts that this man give me, all right? Like, yeah. it was a part A and a part B to it. But let, let me just yes. say this real fast. And I was Look, talking about the part B. <laughs> I, no, I didn't realize, because usually you'll be like, KT, all right? Then Nas, go ahead, your turn. All right, so, look, real quick, real quick. I did, I did that. <laughs> no, I, 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 well, maybe I was I was on uh, Mr. Lee too too much, but but uh, just to real quick to answer this, if I can, two minutes and thirty seconds, um, no one has taught it. I, I, you know what? Now that you say that, I, I know I kind of said this, but I, now I'm gonna say it primarily for this. No one as a society has taught um, myself how to be. Yeah, we did because I, I talked about the uh, the postal service. Is uh, you're you're with a team, even when I worked at sales. 
I worked for a company, Dish Network. It was our duty to activate as many uh, dishes as we can over the phone to people all over the United States of America. And you got to realize something. They're, when you're at the training class for, for six weeks, they always going to talk about the team that we are, the team that we're going to be, the teammates that you have. But realistically, your team does not bring you your own personal commission. You have to play your part. And again, that's never taught. And if we're talking about just the black community, well, then the black community needs to sh show this new generation, the Gen Z generation, how to be the best versions of them. Because being the best ver versions of them can actually help out other people. Because the only way you can really help other people is giving them money at this point. Let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? And everybody in the black community is not rich. And the ones that are rich are not necessarily helping the black community. All right. Let's, let's, just, let's just, I'm putting it out there. I'm going to put the, this is my safe space to say this. All right. And that is where we just need to be. We, like, like, even with myself, I can say that there's things that I need to tighten up for myself. And I'm doing that. I've been doing that, but I'm going to continue to do that because I have younger siblings, whether they're cousins or brothers, that whether they like me or not, they need to see it. Because maybe that would be like, yo, dad, if Nassau, while he's doing everything that he wanted to do with his businesses as an entrepreneur, as a host, everything he's doing, but he's still going to care about his personal life and make sure that he's set up to have his pension right and set up to have his career right and go forward then I can come out of the BS that I'm in right now currently and change my life as well. It doesn't matter if I'm in my 20s, my 30s, or my 40s. And that's all I can do. And I'm doing that. And I encourage everyone that's in my community that looks like me, no matter what, whether you're Caribbean, African, or Black American here, I just want you guys and girls to do that. All right? Like, really take a sit down and think about what I just said because it's not about being inclusive. It's not about singing America too. It's about working on yourself so you can come outside and be a better part of black America because then that one day black America can be a part of America. But we have to worry about ourselves individually first. I agree. Right? We have five siblings. None of them graduated a college or had like worked, had this police position because we didn't have our, our parents didn't teach us this stuff like that. Realistically, my father was sick during my high school life. And that was just the major, that was, that was, that was the focus, his health. And it is what it is like that's, but there's other people. And I'll say this one more thing, because I know a lot of people always talk about, oh, there's no black fathers in the, in the family. And that's a big problem. Um, you know, something I want to help you understand something. LeBron James, they had a family, a uh, family, a father growing up. Look what he's become. All right. What about the great Jay-Z? He talks about it in his music all the time. His father wasn't in his life. LL Cool J, another great person. Father wasn't in his life. When you got to realize something, a family may be out of father. Realistically, I know it's, listen, Dante, you're a father. And I'm not trying to knock your, your credibility and who you are as a place in your foundation. It's always great to have two parents versus one. All right. I'm just making the point that it takes more than just this one man. Hell, there's going to be other men in the family. It could be uncles, grandfathers, you know, all right, cousins. There's other men in that place. It's not just about not having a father in the house. It's about the right word being expressed to these children. And if right. you're going to keep telling people, go get ahead and get an education to kids that don't want to be school in the first place, then you're missing the point on them. And they don't want to hear what you have going on right now. We're, we're in a content creation era. 
where people were just on here seeing whatever and making money doing it. You think they want to hear about how to be a lawyer when they got people like Jake Paul making more money than whatever any lawyer could ever have? But he's white and he has whole the whole state of Ohio that has more than a million people backing him up. We have to figure out to do the same thing. That's all. That's all I want to say. Yep. Absolutely. So listen, um, just to echo, it starts with us. We're our own saviors. And I think that's the mindset we need to have. We're our own saviors because as I told the boys, as we talked, we had a real good conversation with them. And I was like, we understand that we may not have put our, put ourselves in this situation, but it is our responsibility to get ourselves out because no one else is going to do it regardless of how, how much um, accountability we can put on the government and the history of racism and this, that, and the third of how we came to be. They're never going to take accountability for it. They're never going to apologize. All they're going to do is gaslight you and be like, well, it's your problem. Well, we understand it's not our problem, but it's our responsibility to to fix it. We're our own saviors. All right, everybody. Listen, I thank you guys so much for, for rocking with us. It's been another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast, episode 114. 114, man. Thank y'all so much. My sis, KT, my cousin, Nasur Nuru. We have to come back to Jersey. We really do, because I, I, I had a great time. And, I, I won't be battle rapping. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you that. Did you, did, it won't did, you be- like, did you like the vlog? Did you like the vlog, bro? I love it, bro. I love it. Abs, thank you so much. Y'all go to um what what's the IG? Is it the late night flight podcast? All one word, yeah. all together. Late night. Y'all go to the late night flight podcast. All together, no spaces or anything. On Instagram, check out the late night vlogs. Check out the the Q and A's. Check out all this content. This content is amazing. He did a, a vlog for me uh, about me with my recent trip to New York slash New Jersey as I um, just lyrically beat the snot out of somebody. And yeah, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, check that out. Thank you. For real. Thank you. That was so dope. That was so funny. Hey, Dante, who, who's your, uh, your your brothers again that, that came with us? Yes. Uh, shout out to LJ and shout out to Wavy. My, my two little brothers that, that came uh right. rocked out oh, with I us. I miss those guys. Yeah. So I I, I told him about you. And it's like, oh, she's doing it. I was like, yeah, yeah, she's there too. I just want to say shout out to LJ and Wavy because they're on the last two episodes of the Talk My Credo podcast. So please check them out. Uh, Dante is doing a great effort to get more different people, more awesome podcasters and personalities on there. So just wanted to shout those young men out. They're on the last two episodes. I believe that's what, 113 and 112, right? Yep, 112, 113. Yep, those two episodes. Yep. Please go ahead and go check those young boys out, man. You know what I mean? Pause. I didn't mean to say it like that, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about, man. You know, yes. they're the next generation. Because I, honestly, my my grand evil scheme is I'm going to get y'all somewhere in North Carolina. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to find some way. I'm going to get all y'all in North Carolina some kind of way. But uh, <laughs> we gonna, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure that out. See, now I know where you work now, so, so I know how those rules work. So <laughs> I know how those rules work. So, but, but we thank y'all so much for checking us out, man. I got a Miami Heat game to catch. I'm looking at the score right now. All right, it's looking good. One quarter down and we up. One quarter down. All right, we need three more. We're up 12 points. We're doing for Ime Udoka. <laughs> We're going to do it for email. All right. But, oh, man, it's your boy. 
It's your boy Dante, KT Nas. You know what I'm saying? This is another episode. Thank y'all so much. Y'all, please subscribe, share, do all that good stuff. Let us know what you think about it, uh, what you think about the conversation. You know what to do. Till next time, stay fly. Peace out, y'all. Go Heat! For real talk and dope conversations. To the Talk My Credo podcast. Find us on all streaming platforms. Oh, yeah. Happening on social media. And subscribe to us on YouTube and Talk